Good morning, everybody. It's another episode of the Real Estate Success Strategies podcast. Listen, my name is Michael Tucker. I am your host, and I am so pumped because today, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but we have our first lady guest on with us, and I'm so pumped because, listen, I brought on Kimberly Marie to come on here, and she is a killer. She's like doing so many amazing things, and I wanted to bring her on to talk real estate with you guys. And so I'm going to introduce her in just a second, but I want to let you guys know a little bit about who she is, um, and I'm sure she's gonna come on and share her story as well. But listen, Kimberly Marie's in the Indianapolis, Indiana market, and listen, she, like I said, is a killer. She's in real estate, she's a doctor of physical therapy, um, she's a model, an actress, and the list probably goes on and on. I can't even list all that she's doing. So um, I'm super excited for this. Let's sit back, relax, and let's get into this episode. All right, guys, we are back. I have Kimberly Marie with me. How are you doing, Kim? You doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for the intro. How are you doing? I'm doing amazing. Listen, is it okay if I call you Kim or do people call you Kimberly? Because I don't yeah, want to. fine. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Uh, listen, I'm. thank you again for coming on here. I'm super pumped. I've been just, I, I watched your podcast with Brandon Elliott. It was super amazing. And I was like, I have to have you on. So thank you so much for being on here. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. I appreciate that. Listen, I've heard your story and you know, it was, it was amazing just hearing how you're working full-time right now. Am I correct? You're working full-time? Uh, not full-time. So I'm full a part-time okay. physical therapist. So I see patients three days a week in the clinic. Gotcha. So she's part-time physical therapist, but then also doing real estate. So I wanted her to come on here guys and talk about her journey. And she, listen, I, I love it because she has a very relatable story and I feel like she's working part-time. That's a lot of what you all are doing. So I wanted to bring her on here and talk to you about how she's able to juggle that, what she's doing in her real estate business now. And um, so I'm going to jump right in. Tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, Kimberly, and just, you know, let it, our audience know who you are, what you do. Just give a general rundown about where you came from. Like who is this lady behind Instagram, behind Facebook? Yeah. So thank you. Um, I'm Kimberly Marie. Um, I currently live in Indianapolis, Indiana, originally from the Chicago suburbs. And um, right now I work, like I said, part-time as a doctor of physical therapy, three days a week. And that's very intentional because the other hours in my week, I'm doing my real estate business. So um, originally I got started in real estate in the residential space and kind of did the slow common progression that people do towards multifamily commercial. And at that, this point in my business, that would be my biggest focus on um, just larger building acquisitions, um, mostly in the Indianapolis market, since that's my backyard and that's what I understand the best. And um, it seems like the returns here are really crazy, crazy good. Right. <laughs> so it's a hot market everywhere. So yeah, yeah. Therapy, I, want, I want to hear a little bit more. So you were born in Chicago. Like, when did you move to India? Was that something you did as a kid or was that something that, you know, you kind of just after high school or college or what does that look like? Yeah, so I moved to Indianapolis when I went to school. So I went to University of Indianapolis, which is just like five miles up the road here or something like that, because um, I got a scholarship for tennis. So I played awesome. D2 tennis all four years, and it also had a really good physical therapy program, and it wasn't too far from home, and so it seemed like it was a good mix of everything I was looking for in university. And then once I graduated, I finished grad school, um, I was an adult, I was 24 and I was like, oh, I'm gonna buy a house, I guess, cause now I have a real job. And that's actually what started my real estate journey. When I purchased my first house, it was in a gentrifying neighborhood called Fountain Square. 
And it was like, my property values went up like crazy. Like everyone, it was like the big up and coming hyped up place to be. And I, I really got lucky. I fell into it, but Indianapolis in general in 2015 was super hot. Like I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I wish I would have bought everything back then because it seems like everything's like doubled in value. It's right. crazy. Yeah. So that's kind of what started that whole thing. So you bought your first house and was that house, was it something you lived in? Was it a flip or what'd you, what'd that whole process look like? Cause I'm guessing as a 24 year old, you never bought a house before, right? I'm, I'm guessing. No, it was, yeah, my first house. And I was an extremely uh, retail buyer. I was like turnkey. I wanted something new, walkable, um, just everything that I was like looking for in a home to live in. I never intended on real estate investing necessarily um, until I, cause, so I went to school for physical therapy assistant first. Then once I was a PTA, I was like, man, I want to be a doctor of physical therapy, DPT. So I decided to go back to school and I calculated okay. it out for all my expenses. It was going to be about a hundred thousand wow. dollars. And that's right when I bought my house and I was like, Oh, look at all these houses flipping all around me. I'm going to flip a house and that's how I'm going to pay off my tuition. Wow. That's a, that's a big uh, venture to go after at, at that age and, you know, and just getting out of college and stuff. So how'd that go? Uh, it went really well. Um, I pretty much like, as I was immersed in my neighborhood, like I am really big on seeing the opportunity not what's on a paper. A lot of people look at the numbers and the spreadsheets and the neighborhood analytics and all that. And I look at it, I consider it, but I don't let that really like demand like what I'm going to do or not going to do because um, the area, this house that I'm sitting in right now was the hood in 2015. Right. And nobody would come east of state in Fountain Square and now everybody's east of state. And so when I came here, I, I just kind of met all the neighbors and like really learned what it would be like to live here and who were the problem people on the street and there was only like a couple houses that was an issue this current house i'm in was one of the issue people um and then one across the street and so once those people were gone the area completely changed and turned around oh wow that's crazy so this first this property that you flipped like i'm guessing your family had no prior experience in real estate or did they or well, actually, it's funny. My uncle and my grandma on my mom's side actually did real estate. My okay. grandma moved here from Japan with no money, no English, nothing. Wow. And um, sh I, I can't remember the exact story on how she came to have some money. I think someone had passed away or, and she got some inheritance. And she went out and bought a six unit in um, Chicago. And she did some renovations herself and then sold it and made money. And she's like, oh, and then she bought an eight unit and then she bought a condo over here. And my grandma was doing it. And I remember being a kid, like going, I don't even remember what these meetings were. Looking back, it could have been contractor meetings or tenant meetings that she had. And because she would take care of my sister and I during the day when my parents were at work. Okay. And so sometimes she'd have to take us along. And she would be like, oh, you have to help me with English. Like if, if they don't know what I'm saying, like, can you tell them? Right. And I'm like, sure. But um, so I did have a little bit of a background, but I don't really think that influenced any of that because mm. um, I mean, my grandma's in her nineties right now. And so, I mean, she obviously doesn't do it anymore, but my uncle was all the way in California. And I think he has about 40, 50 units there, but I just felt like he was so smart and I, I couldn't even ask him anything right now before I did my own research and education. Cause it's like, I don't even know what I would ask him. Like, I, I want to get into it, but like, what, I don't, where do I start? What do I do? I don't know. So I'm just going to start myself like, okay, I'm going to start in my backyard. I'm going to 
walk around my neighborhood, figure out what I want to do and then go from there. And then it ended up just taking off, like just based on what I was doing here. And I didn't even think to stop and ask my family. Right. Well, so, so my question specifically is like that first deal, you said you, you decided you were going to flip it, right? Mm-hmm. So where did, where did like you go from there? Like, did you just go all take all out action, start Googling stuff, go YouTube university or how'd that go? Like, I just want to hear about that process. It was really just trial by fire. I have no idea, honestly. Like I just, I like found contractors and then finally found one that I liked and it was based on who was in the area. Okay. So, cause I saw like, I mean, that whole area was being flipped like every single day, like every single tree, like contractors were out. And so if I saw a house that I liked, I was like, oh, like who's that doing that house over there? Okay. And I would try to just, I would just walk up on site and I mean, I don't really look that threatening. So they're always like, yeah, come on in, like take a look. And so I kind of met my contractor that way. And so. Oh, awesome. Well, I'm glad you said that because there's a lot of people that are, especially like people that are newer in the industry. They're like, well, how do I find contractors? I don't, I don't want to get ripped off. And you know, all these things, listen, this is a prime example. Go to the, what I'd like to do is I'll search on Zillow of houses that are just remodeled, just flipped reach out to those homeowners, reach out to those agents, say, hey, can you figure out who the contractor was for the, that building or for that house? And listen, that's mm-hmm. a way to get some reputable contractors. Now, listen, you still want to vet them because you know you don't know them, but that's very interesting. I'm, I'm happy that you said that because I think a lot of people could use that knowledge. Yeah, certainly. And I think it's a good way to kind of vet them too. Like if you have people on site all the time and you can kind of see the type of work that they're doing, if it's good or not. And because right. I feel like everyone always tries to fluff their feathers when they first meet you like, oh, I'm the best contractor. I'm going to give you the best deal and the best work. And so, but you kind of can see like what, what's on their site. Like, do they exactly. have a dirty job site? Like, yes or no. It's like, oh, if it is, then eh, you might want to watch out. <laughs> just, I don't know. Like just little things right. like that. So you went from, so you got this first flip done how much did you sell that for like what did you make it was it a grand slam or anything it was, was a grand pre- slam pay for your yeah. school <laughs> yeah i pro- well paid for half so i projected 50 to 60 grand in profit and i hit that right on the nose awesome well congratulations and so tell us a little bit how do you go from there to scaling up just so you all know she has what do you have 40 units now or more yeah mm-hmm. 40 units so she has 40 units now and listen you gotta remember she's working part-time I'm guessing you love physical therapy. Like, is that something you've really enjoyed doing? Yeah, I do. I love PT. Um, but now that I've been doing it for about five years, I'm noticing that it's really tough on my body. Mm. Like my joints and my fingers, like, and my neck, like after pushing and pulling on people, like it's really hard on my body. (laughs) So, um, I don't know. I I love it, but that's why I'm glad I'm doing it part-time now. So I'm obviously feeding my fire for my passion, which is real estate, but awesome. I like PT. It's fine. You know, that's cool. Well, she's doing it guys. And so let's, let's go past that first deal. How'd you get to 40 doors? Like that just seems like for me, I'm just like, dang, she just went from buying a house to live in. She flipped it. Now she has 40 units. That's crazy. What was that, that span between now and then then? What's that look yeah. like? Yeah. So the first house when I bought it was 2015. And so five years in the making. And when I was doing this, like, remember, I went back to school. And so I went to an, an adult program for the doctorate. So I would drive to Ohio, which was three and a half hours, stay in a hotel Thursday night, and then we'd have class all day Friday and all day Saturday. And then I would drive back Saturday. So I was gone wow. a lot. And it was a really tough program. Like that was probably the most mentally like tough thing I ever did. Like I I felt like I was a ghost from like my friends and just my family. I was missing all this stuff just because I was so busy and stressed with the amount of schoolwork. 
And then meanwhile, I have to go babysit my contractors every single day. Almost I was on site, like making sure, are they showing up? Are they doing good work? Right. This, this, and, this. and so I realized that my goals have changed, especially after that first flip. Cause I knocked out a ton of my debt. It's like, okay, well, I don't want something super hands-on as I'm getting older. I want to be able to take a vacation and I want to be able to go away for a month and work from there if I want to. And I, this is very, very hands-on and also you're not getting a lot of the tax benefits and i think that's something that a lot of people skip over like i don't think flipping a house is real estate investing at all i think it's it's an it's a, a job right you know you, you start to get the capital gains you have to do this and all that and so i just my goals had changed so but i had already gotten so far immersed in the flipping so i had bought like eight houses on the street or something like that wow. and so once i kind of was like i don't really want to do this anymore I bought them at really great prices. So I started to offload them. So once I would sell them, I would make a profit off that. And then I'd roll that into a rental. And so I was just buying single family rentals around my area because I really understood the area because I was a consumer. So I knew like, Hey, we probably want a fenced in yard. We need a garage. Like, so a lot of things that all these houses might not have seem like givens, but when you're in the middle of an urban neighborhood, like a lot of times. So I just started looking for rentals at really great prices and then just, closing that, renting it out, and then sitting back a little bit more. And then once I, I, I probably had maybe like 10 doors under my belt when I was like, okay, I want to just have a building now. Like I really would love an apartment and then just see where that goes. And so now I'm like, wow, I wish I would have just skipped straight there. Like, you know, maybe flip a house or two and then boom, like go straight to it and skip all the single family. Cause it's so much easier. Easier to manage or what's, what do you say when you mean easier? Everything, 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 you name it. It's easier. It's easier to get financing. It's better money that you like better returns, uh, easier to manage because you have the economies of scale. So you can afford a property manager that takes nine, 10% every month. It's, it's, it's way easier because my single families, if you don't have that scale, like it's hard to make sense of a 10% property manager. Makes sense. And I hate, and I, so I still, to this day, my single families, I manage on my own and I hate getting a text from any tenant. I'm like, Oh God, like there's Scared you. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, cause I feel like I have to immediately handle it and I feel terrible and I'm like, Oh my gosh. And, ah! Like, so, but with my apartment, like the biggest um, building I have is a 23 unit. I have wow. no idea what happens over there. Like, cause they just call my property manager and they handle it. And I just get the money at the end of the month and everyone's happy. Wow. That's awesome. Guys, listen, this is some golden nuggets, some knowledge here. It's amazing. So I love it. And so what percentage of your uh, portfolio is it you know, the 23 apartments and the rest are just single family. Is that pretty much it? Yeah. Um, and a couple of them are the flips that I have too. So. Gotcha. And so you look to keep adding on to the apartments, I'm guessing, or are you going to kind of transition that way? Cool. Yeah, certainly right now, actually I'm in the process of offloading a handful of my single families. So, um, I have a lot under contract. Um, one of my, or two of my rentals on the market, another one about to hit the market. So I'm just total offload right now. So pretty much like when I was offloading my flips that I didn't want to do anymore, like that's what I'm doing for my rentals. Like I know they're great rentals they're in great locations. It's going to be great for someone, whether they want to fix it up and live in it themselves or rent it out themselves. Like they're, they're going to be great. So, but I, I just want to exit because I want to go somewhere else. Like everyone's always right. like, Oh, why are they selling? And I'm quickly realizing that there's so many ways to win in real estate. Like whoever buys my rentals is going to win because they're getting a phenomenal product. And I'm also going to win because I'm making a profit. And whenever they exit, they're going to win. And like, there's so many times to win, like everybody wins in real estate. It's just depending on the goals. 
like someone might get a really great deal just because I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. I just, right. and so and that's cool. And, and I've even evolved in my journey. It's, I love what you're sharing because guys, listen, in one, when you first get started out, you may think you're going to do one thing. Like you're going to say, Oh, I'm, I'm going to do just flips. You know, I love seeing you no know, Joanna Gaines or Chip and Joanna Gaines. You know, I love watching them. You think you're going to do that, but sometimes your journey evolves and it's okay. And for the hardest time for me growing up, you know, I always thought it was a bad thing to evolve and to move on from things. But I'm seeing sometimes we all have different personalities. We all have different characters. So, you know, sometimes there's going to be transitions and times where we need to pivot. And that's exactly what Kimberly is doing. And, and I'm super proud of you. I don't, to be honest, I don't know you that well, but I'm, I'm so excited to see that you're accepting that and you're moving forward with it. And she's really accepting that, you know, maybe she wants the future to look a little different. So let's, let's go dive into that. What do you want the future to look for like, or look um, for you, right? So what does that look at, uh, look like, you know, what do you want, you know, five, 10 years from now? Like what's your long-term goal? Yeah, I would really like, well, five, 10 years, like to me, I'm thinking so like short-term, I'm like, okay, like the next year, what does that look like? The next two years, what does that look like? In the next two to three years, I would really like 500 units here in Indy. That'd be um, awesome. How? I don't know, but I'm figuring it out. I mean, I'm walking deals every day with my broker, at least on the computer, looking at things. And um, I, I would really like to do that um, and offload my single families and kind of use those resources, finish my flips. Um, I don't know that I'm going to be in Indy forever, though. Um, I love that I've made it home, but I just, I mean, there's certain things like I'm from Chicago, so I like a big city. And Indy's kind of small right. and I hate the winter. So I don't know, but I think right now while I'm here, I really want to take advantage of the fact that I have really immersed myself in this neighborhood, in the city, and I really understand it very well. And so I think if I left any earlier than before having like 500 units, I would be really doing myself a disservice. Like, cause it's like, why would you do that? Like right. do it. Like, so once I have that, who knows what the future will hold? I mean, I look at deals in other markets. They're just not as great as Indianapolis. Right. So I'm like, well, I may as well just stay in my backyard and do it here. So, but eventually, you know, five, 10 years, I would love to change markets. Like I really love Vegas, really love Tampa. Like there's- What just about outside real estate? What about outside real estate though? Do you have any other big plans you want to do or anything like that? Man, like right now I'm so focused on real estate. Yeah. Like I just really, I mean, you're talking just like goals, like in, in general, life. Like, yeah purpose dang no one's ever asked me this on a podcast um i would say i want to build an empire that is indestructible love elena cardone if you haven't read her book i would certainly recommend it but also you know i want to build something that is so like powerful and large that i will be able to help so many people like if i'm i, I mean I, I come from middle class family like i didn't really have any handouts i just had really supportive people around me mm, and i'm really grateful for that who always keep my brain in a growth mindset who is supportive and loving everybody friends family everything and so i you know through real estate i think i can build this empire to where like I, i'm kind of in a position of power and i can use that to educate to help other people to motivate other people to do the same and whatever it might be for them. Right. You know? You're really good at speaking, just so you know. I don't know if that's something that you do. I know you're an actress and things, but you're really good at speaking. So I would definitely wow. hone in on that if I were you. Thanks. That is like my goal is to speak to like a ton of people, like hundreds of thousands of people one day. Like, well, you're going to be doing it. Listen, with goals that size to go from 40 to 500 units, like that's big. And I know you're going to hit it. Like it's 
just time, you know, right yeah. time and doing that. And it's cool because like at the end of next year, our goal is to have a hundred right now. Like we're just starting buying rentals. When I say just, I mean like we have four. So uh, Wait, that's great though. Yeah. That's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. And so I'm, I'm a dreamer too. I'm like that, you know, I want to build an empire. So it's really interesting to see and hear when other people share their aspirations. That's why I do that. And you know, it may be different, but I just love hearing and picking people's brains. So I want to dive into another question I wanted to ask you. If, if you could look back at your real estate journey, what's one thing you've learned over the past, you know, ever since you started to now, what is one thing that real estate has taught you? Uh, to trust your gut for sure. Um, if you have a feeling about something, you're right. 100% of the time, like you have a feeling about it. It's that feeling's there for a reason. Just go with right. it. Um, I would say that's certainly something that I learned. Do you have any like, uh, examples of when that happened? Mm, I think every time I have an acquisition or a sell, um, I either know it or I don't pretty quickly. And like, it's funny, I'm literally about to underwrite a deal, like in a couple hours with a couple people. And it's like, they're so hungry for deals and like, Oh, let's do it. Let's go in together. And I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't know. Like I'm not right. losing my mind about it, but when I do, I'm like, okay, we're doing this right now. Three hours. Let's go. LOI. Like, so, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Like I, so I really, even though I also am hungry for deals, I feel like I really need to keep like emotions at bay. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. We've so, been talking about that a lot lately. Like there's a lot of times when you get started in real estate emotions, like and I, I probably haven't told you my story or you probably haven't heard it, but I got in and I failed miserably at real estate because I let my emotions rule and um, rule over the knowledge I had and rule over the principles that were out there. And so listen, guys, there's going to be times when you love that cute little bungalow house, but you know, it's not a good, good deal. And your gut's telling you, follow your gut. Um, I'm glad yeah. you said that. Or just in general, it doesn't always have to be the cute house. It could be like an ugly house, but you just want more right. doors or you just want an apartment or you're just like deal hungry. And it's like, well, no, cause if you do the wrong thing, like, and you don't have this little cushion that you've built up for yourself at that point, that could really devastate someone. Like, you know, I didn't screen contractors very well. I'm sure you heard me talk about this with Brandon, but like, you know, those two contractors that ended up getting in lawsuits with, if that happened on my very first flip, I would not be doing real estate cause I wouldn't have been able to recover from that. But I'm really grateful that now I'm in a position where like, okay, that sucks to have to go through that anyway, but like, I'm okay. I'm still going to move forth. And I hope that those two contractors never do that to somebody else. Cause what right. if that completely makes their journey stop? And those are all those naysayers in real estate. Like, Oh, like you're going to have to do this and this and this. And it's like, well, no, like consider the source. Like that person might've bought the wrong deal or made the wrong decisions and made their emotions just cause they just want to get the deal done. Like, and it's just like, no, no, no. Like why? Like remember your goal. Your goal is to what? Get a good ROI, get, you know, build the safe empire and continue to grow from there. And it's like, if you, Oh, well, let's just get it. And cause I want to buy it. It's like, well, then what? Right. Now you're stuck with this building that you can't get rid of. <laughs> yeah. You're not thinking long-term. You're not thinking to... in the future. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I'm loving the conversation we have. Now I want to talk about something a little different. So you're in physical therapy space, you're mm -hmm. in, um, real estate, but then you also do a bunch of other stuff on the side. Is that just something your passions you do? Tell a little bit about everybody about what you do. You even, you're in the firearm industry, right? Like how, yeah. how do you get into that? Like, I'm just really like excited to hear that and for you to share. So tell a little bit about the stuff you do on the side and you know, how that helps you and in, in real estate and things of that nature. 
Yeah. So it's super random. So, uh, when I, before my real estate journey started, uh, when I was in PTA school, um, my full-time job, well, not full-time, but just like, as I was going to school, I was a certified personal trainer. And so I would treat, like, it was a perfect thing to do, like between class and whatever, cause it was extremely flexible and it paid really well and it pertained to physical therapy. So, um, I ended up breaking my right foot on the oh, tennis wow. court uh, my junior year, which really sucked. Um, lost some of my scholarship, had to be off the court. I was like, oh, this really sucks. And I was a trainer at a gym at the time and I was friends with bodybuilders and they're like, oh, well, since you can't be on the court, like you should just do bodybuilding. I'm like, ew, that's gross. Like I'm not doing that. <laughs> and then they're like, no, no, no. Like there's like female divisions where you don't have to be huge and whatever, whatever. I'm like, huh? Oh, so then that's where my passion for fitness grew. So I ended up doing, a sh actually I did four shows in the figure competition, which before figure was huge and probably bikini build now. But like I, when I did that, I built a fitness business. So I had more clients coming in in person, but I was doing online plans. So at the end of the day, like sometimes till 10 30, 11 PM, I was doing online plans for people. And so I was very, very fit. Like, oh my gosh. And I was so strong. Like I think my heaviest squat was like 235. Oh wow. Like, and I'm very small. Like I literally was like 115 pounds at the time. And I'm even less now because I lost it all. But like when I was doing that, um, I got modeling gigs for fitness. And so I ended up getting a gig with Adidas for two of their seasons for their catalog. Oh, and wow. it was, it was helpful because I played a college sport too. So like they put me in the tennis thing, they put me in running track, um, for all their, just their different, um, fall and winter season, um, attire. So when I worked for Adidas, obviously that made me, my brand grow and, and just people knew me more. And so the firearm industry then came from there because I got approached by the head photographer in the industry. Um, and he was like, Hey, I don't know if you're trained in firearms or not, but we're looking for someone who's strong, but feminine. Like, are you down? I'm like, yeah. I mean, I've never held a gun in my life. They're not allowed in Chicago. So if you train me, let's go. And that very first photo shoot we ever did, like it ended up getting a two page spread. I clicked really well with the guy and then he became like my gun partner. And so I was his head model for all. And he was not just a photographer. He was like basically putting together and like producing these books and magazines. And so he was writing articles and he, he like super innovative, like brilliant guy. And so Anyway, I was his head model for a lot of his um, articles. Like if he would be testing a gun, building a gun um, out at the range like every day. And he then was like, why are you modeling my articles? Like, why don't you write the article from a female's perspective? You're smaller frame. You don't like a lot of recoil. Your hands are smaller. Like you prefer different things than guys do. I was like, Ooh, I don't know about writing. Uh, I'm in healthcare, but let's go ahead and try it. And so I ended up writing articles and then I got to build my own AR 15. That was like awesome. super like custom for me and, and women in general, I got to test um, different ammo, review different guns. And so it kind of just started going from there. And <laughs> you still random. do that currently? A little bit. Yeah. So um, my gun partner used to live on the North side of Indianapolis here um, in a sub in a different neighborhood, but he moved to Arizona. And so I I've done uh, recently, I did a, a video TV show thing that I can't talk about yet. But um, when that's produced, like I, that was in March, like right before Corona hit. And then I visited in like December and did a couple photo shoots, but it's not nearly as much as it was because before like 30 minute drive and we'd be out at the range and now it's like, oh, got to get on a plane and with COVID right. and everything. 
but yeah, so I don't do it as much anymore, but I keep in touch with him. He's a great friend of mine, great person. So that's awesome. So real estate, and then you got all this other stuff. Listen, you're killing it. I want to tell you, just keep going. Like you're inspiration to so many people. And um, I can't wait to see where you go, but we'll end this out. One last question for you. Like if you can give any new investor, cause on our audience, we have a lot of new investors, a lot of people that are just getting started. Maybe they've done one deal where they're trying to scale. What would you tell people? Like just any advice at all? Yeah. Um, gosh, there's so many different things. And I tr always try to think of like what was at the top of my mind and was like so important to me. And I always kind of come back to like the same couple of things. The first one being figure out what you want to focus on and then educate yourself on that. And don't spread yourself too thin over too many different areas of real estate because there's so many different things that you can go into and do. And I think as someone new in the industry who might not be as educated for what it might offer them, like th they might meet all these different people. Like they might meet a wholesaler and then he's like, okay, well, I want to do wholesaling. Then they might meet a multifamily investor. Oh, I want to invest in apartments and, but they don't want to turn down anything. They want to make all the connections and do everything because they're new. And I find that the people who are new who go, no, like, that's cool that you're offering that. But like, really for me, I want to focus on this. Like, let's keep in contact, great networking and fun right. to have, but I'm focused on this. The second thing being then, once you figure out what you want to focus on and educate yourself, is that make sure that you build a solid team and a solid just group of people around you that understand what you're doing and where you're going and we'll support you through that. Cause I think a lot of people give unsolicited advice when they're not even in the industry, they have no intention on ever being in it, don't know anything about it. And I, I think it comes from a good place. Like, oh, I'm worried. Like what if, you know, my own family members, you know, that were close to me were saying it. Right. And it's like, well, that's like, I, I would encourage them to not listen. <laughs> and, um, and that's not saying just go and do it blindly, but I think it's really important to find a mentor and look at that mentor figure, like they're doing what you want to do mm, and not yeah. take the advice of the people that aren't even living the life that you want to live. It's like, why would you take that person's advice? Do you want to do what they're doing? Do you want to live that life? No. Like that person is who I want to be like, that's what I'm going for. I'm going to listen to that person's advice. And 10 times out of 10, what those two people are saying is going to be very different. And to me, I get the energy around the people around or from the people around me. So if I'm getting all this, like, like, da, 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 like that totally takes my mind out of a growth mindset completely. And I've had to make tough decisions and like push even family members away for a certain amount of time while I'm getting a deal done or, you know, boyfriends or friends in general, like I had to be like, listen, like this is not like I, I right. just too different and nothing against anyone. So just be very, very intentional on who you listen to, who you spend time with, especially on that growth. Definitely. Well, that's powerful guys. Listen, there's going to be times whenever you're in this journey and you're going to have to probably distance yourself from certain people, exactly like Kimberly's saying, and it's, it's okay. Cause you're not doing it um, in a mean way. You're just doing it. What, for what's best for yourself. Um, so in this game of real estate, there's a lot of crap you're going to go through and there's gonna, you're going to hear a lot of crap too. So just make sure, you know, you're always renewing your mind, renewing that could be just through self-development that could be through going to networking events, like Kimberly's saying, uh, or there's tons of different ways, but always keep your focus on that one goal that she was talking about and don't spread yourself too thin. And I, I think that's cool that you said that because we live in an age where there's so many courses, so many, mentors out there gurus there's so many things and especially when you're scrolling through facebook right you see oh here's an ad here here's an ad here listen it's 
all good to learn everything. Like I, I encourage you to go out there and learn as much as you can, but listen, don't let the fancy things of this world distract you from hitting your goal. Don't let all these other things on the side that are going to make you go on rabbit trails. Don't let those stop you from getting that hundred units, that 500 units, whatever that is. And um, yeah. So Kimberly, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so pumped. I'm going to have to have you on again once you hit like hundred units or 200 units or something like that. And just let's dive deeper into it. Cause I, I think I could sit here all day and chat with you about these, you know, your deals and everything you've been doing, but uh, maybe one day whenever you get like, to a great milestone, which even 40 is like a great milestone. But once we get a little bit more down the line, we can hop on again and have a deeper discussion. Is that cool with you? Yeah. Give me three months, hundred in three months. Oh, listen, we actually have a secret event we're planning and I can't tell like literally people that are listening now, this is the first time I've ever said this. So we're planning a secret event and maybe I can convince Kimberly to come on and speak. So we'll see awesome. if she's interested. That. Uh, and so we have a secret event we're getting ready to plan for 2021 super pumped and uh, Kimberly will stay connected and uh, we'll go from there but guys listen if you love these episodes if you love these interviews please subscribe and leave a review we drop these every Tuesday just for you all and they're totally free and we do this to serve you all we do this to make sure you guys can go further in your real estate investing journey so uh, we can't wait to bring you more We'll tune in next week with you and uh, we hope to see you sometime soon. Kimberly, we're signing off. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. See you all.